0: The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is proudly presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. And brought to you by Anna Horford, Al Horford's wife. I'm just kidding. It's brought to you by Mortgage CS. (laughs) Become a Mortgage CS. Ricky VIP at MortgageCS.com slash Ricky. By the way, we have some tickets for game three from Mortgage CS, yes. we'll give them away later, I don't know how, CJ think of something. Big Barker therapeutic dog beds, get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky, and Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the corner three newsletter was Zo, statesidevodka.com, on the show today. Mike stays banned because the Sixers <laughs> beat the Celtics without Joel Embiid in the James Harden game, they didn't waste the James Harden game, and believe it or not, I know you're gonna think this is crazy, but the game was iced by two Paul Reed free throws. What the fuck? (laughs) All that, and Joel Embiid will be named MVP on Tuesday, and we will, if we have time, wrap up the barbershop controversy later on. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. We'd love to get to 11,000 by the end of the playoffs. We're going to have, what, like six more weeks or something, but we'd like to get it sooner rather than later. We are live after every game. Hit the subscribe button. And then also turn on notifications. I mentioned stateside urban crab vodka. I had myself a surfside on Saturday. It was raining, it was pouring up here, sitting around. It was like two in the afternoon. I had the iced tea and lemonade and vodka surfside. There's all those flavors now. There's the iced tea and vodka. There is the peach tea and vodka. There's the lemonade and vodka. Of course, there's the amazing vodka sodas and the stateside straight up vodka. You gotta be 21 to drink it. Get it at stateside vodka. Um without any further ado, AU is here, Amos and the chef. Larry sweetie the
1: manager Say
2: the name. I say the name. I say the name. We will write y'all. Say the name, say the name name. We will write y'all, we will write write.
0: Welcome to the Right Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with the guy that is co-hosting the podcast Until the Sixers Lose. That is one, Andrew Unnerberger. Ladies uh, and fucking gentlemen.
1: I'm just going to be laughing this entire podcast. I'm just going to be giggling to this fucking microphone for an hour and a half, two hours, three hours, however long we're doing this thing. Like, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just I'm much drunk. I am am i don't even know how to process what I just saw. I would start by saying, look, uh, I think before this postseason the last podcast I was on was game five against the Hawks, which I think we could probably agree was the worst loss of the process era. Uh if, if not that and definitely bottom two, bottom three. Uh I I, I sort of thought that was just going to be the sort of the, the tone for my appearances from here on out. I, I cannot believe that I, I I am talking into this microphone after probably the best playoff winner of the process era. And I, I think that's what this is. I I um James Harden forty five fucking points. I, and Paul Reed is the best backup center on the planet. It might just be the best center period. Uh, I got to give James.
0: Or- I got to give James Harden credit. I'm just. I I got to step up right now and give James Harden credit. I was excited when they traded for him, and then and uh, the first week was glorious last year. The first two weeks were glorious, and then it fell apart. And then he had that game six against Miami. And then they had the run in the middle of the season. But to be honest with you, I did, I had no faith, no faith of him in the playoffs. And quite honestly, when they came into this game without Embiid, I I thought it was possible Sixers would keep it close. And I figured it would be a Maxi game, to be quite honest with you. I thought that's what it was. Maxi had a nice little run here and there. But for James Harden to come through with a game like this on the road with Embiid out, it was... It was incredible. It was incredible. He deserves every bit of credit for this game. There were a lot of hands in the victory of this game. D'Anthony De- Melton had a nice little run in there. Paul Reed got it together again in the you know second straight game. He had a rough first half, but a good second half. But Harden hitting that three at the end. And, and honestly, this was, I thought, the most impressive thing that Harden did is that the first couple of weeks of this season, he had this little mid-range game. And we were like, is this going to be James Harden's thing or whatever? And then it just disappeared. As he and Embiid figured out their thing, it just sort of disappeared the rest of the year. And I think he recognized in that net series, I'm going to have trouble finishing at the rim. because I don't have much left. I got to go back to this thing. And he went back to it. And it was successful. And it's just like he's a great little like he's got great touch. He's a good shooter. And he can get those shots. And he was getting those shots. And as soon as he started getting those shots, it it had and he was hitting threes. It had the defense like uneven, on edge. It allowed him to get to the rim a few times. This is a great game from James Harden. I didn't think he had it in him. He had it in him. He can go to Las Vegas, all he wants, smack the shit out of his friends outside of clubs, one thirty in the morning. Doesn't fucking matter. I'm wrong. You're right. He can do whatever he wants in his free time. We will, no matter where James Harden is next year, we will always have this game. This game was huge. Enormous performance from James Harden.
1: Yeah, one thousand percent. Maybe get that guy to like as long as Mike is banned. Maybe get like the guy he slapped to co-host the next podcast. If we can yes. find him. Yeah. Yes. yeah,
0: Let's get him. Let's get. Got, let's get got a member of his crew who got whacked and uh, not whacked, smacked, smacked, <laughs> back. didn't get killed in, in Las Vegas. Huge but, performance from James Harden. Just it's an it's absolutely it's huge, it's huge performance.
1: performance. And and, and look, uh, I think you, know, you said that the mid range that little kind of like ten foot step back thing he's got going. That that was the biggest part for me. That, I mean that that's definitely up there for me. The biggest thing was. He took that. Or there was that early shot that that uh, Marcus Smart slid his feet under under Harden when he landed. Uh, he got the three, but he didn't get the call. And it could have been a, it could have been as much as a flagrant one if if they'd even bothered to look at it. But they got no whistle on it. He got no whistle the entire first half. The Sixers got no whistle the entire first half. And there have been so many games, including in this postseason, where Harden doesn't get that call. He fucking pouts. He doesn't get back on defense. He gets out of his game. He gets in his head, and he doesn't continue to produce. This one, he shrugged it off. He didn't start grifting. He didn't start bitching to the rest on every, you know, play he didn't get. He was hitting shots. And like, look, look uh, when he had that 16 point first quarter or whatever it was, I, I think we all sort of thought, okay, like this is a good showing. Now it's probably gonna come back down. He's gonna finish with like 24, right? Like yep. he, he's gonna but he stayed on his game. He 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 picked his spots really, really well. He made a couple of just beautiful fucking passes that way one to Tobias and he kind of airlifted over his head. I don't know how he found him behind the arc on that one. And he, he stayed on it, and this is the best game he's ever played in a Sixers uniform, and he'll probably never play a better one. And we needed it. We needed this performance tonight. We needed to win this game. If we don't win this game, we don't win this series. We still might not win the series, but we had to have this fucking game. We had to have it. Oh uh, We got it.
0: Fuck, fuck Boston. Fuck, boss. Like, they – you know what? I could understand them coming in the first quarter, two quarters, thinking to themselves, like, we don't need we don't need to work that hard on defense we don't need to work that hard it's just sort of like this natural thing that happens but they instead of like buckling down they tightened up yeah and that's what that's what happened and and even a couple of the the and ones they made felt like felt like tight shots to me and now see now the Sixers we'll get to this in a minute now the Sixers have an interesting decision to make For game two, because if Embiid was thinking about it, you've already basically, it's like mission accomplished in Boston now. Even if you go back 1-1 and now you can buy him until Friday, who knows what happens. What just an amazing performance from James Harden, an amazing, amazing performance from James Harden. Um, I I don't know what else I can say about it, but he, he like, and what this, this will be the game. If he ends up leaving, this will be the game that we all like, like bash our heads in against the wall. And for the next three years, as the Sixers don't win the championship after this year, if they don't win it this year and he leaves, this will be the game that we always think about. Um, and And I hope, by the way, I hope he takes something from this game other than, you know, of my threes are going to go down, you know, like bringing back that little mid range thing. It's a little bit harder with Embiid there, but bringing back that little mid range thing, I think could be really effective for him for the rest of the season. Mid range can be effective when you're playing in the playoffs. And, uh, and I hope it sticks around. I hope it sticks around.
1: And he had, he seemed like he got stronger as the game went on. Like I expected a kind of natural fade there, but there was that, I can't remember if it was in the late third or the early fourth, but he dusted Jalen Brown on the perimeter and he got to the rim for probably his best like layup of the night. That, that was unbelievable. And that, that was the thing we didn't see at all in, in the Brooklyn series. And that was the, the thing. That, and, and like, look, he got, he got lucky on some shots for sure. You got a couple bounces that like, I, I really think he was kind of cashing the karmic check of all those layoffs that, that rimmed off in that, in that game four in Brooklyn, but he was mixing it up. He, he, he wasn't getting predictable. He did a, cu- a couple of times. He dribbled the, the shot clock down to nothing and then kind of lifted up some junk that, you know, that's James Harden's going to happen. But he, he was producing throughout. He was making the right decisions. He was making the right plays. His body was kind of responding to what his mind was telling it to do, which is not always the case with James Harden it's unbelievable. I mean, we we I didn't think it was going to get better than that game four in Miami or the game four against Miami rather last year. I thought that was going to kind of be the James Harden legacy game with the Sixers. Now, this might I mean, this might be the best playoff game of his career, like period, right? I, I, well I it's, it's
0: hard. i I don't remember all his playoff games, yeah. but it has to be Lowe
1: about that one, I guess, yeah. but it's it's definitely in the discussion, and it, it's it's one of the best performances I can remember seeing uh, of the, of, the, of the entire process era, probably
0: by the way, in all of the excitement. I mean, if they keep winning hey, you, and Mike stays banned, does this hey, you, become the new,
1: <laughs> new <laughs> team <laughs> hey, of like, only, only you know the answer to that one. Let me just say, let me just say, yeah, I thought they were going to win this game. And I don't know why I thought that going in, you know, I, I've, I've, I've talked a bunch of times about how they haven't won a game one. What do the, 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 the kids say?
0: CJ, do the kids say that's cap? When somebody's lying?
1: Look, man, I can show I you the so. text to my mother. I told her I got a feeling about this game. Can't explain why. I got a feeling. And look, you know, obviously, the Celtics way outplayed the Sixers in the first half. You know, In that, that first quarter, you know, the, the Sixers were leading or, or neck and neck for most of it. We were hitting contested twos and threes. They were hitting dunks. And it looked like it was going to even out. Then at halftime, you look at the, the Celtics are shooting 73% of the field. They're only up by seven. Yeah. And you, you knew this. You knew they were going to tighten up. Paul Reed came. I mean, we're going to talk a lot about Paul Reed. I'm sure he came alive at the end of the second. He was unbelievable. He changed the game defensively in the second half. And it just it, this is this was the blueprint against Boston. You kind of hang in. You go shot for shot with them down you know, into the third and into the fourth. And then eventually they get tight and they fuck it up. And and we saw that against Atlanta. We saw that a bunch of times in the regular season. We saw it tonight. Like the, the, this was always a winnable game, even as bad as the Sixers looked in the first quarter. And I know a lot of people were writing off the entire series, and I don't blame them for doing that. That was a bad, bad fucking first quarter. But they ended it only down seven. They ended the half only down around seven. And they were they stuck in the game and eventually they broke through. And and that's what you gotta do against the Celtics team. And we'll see them beat in game three, probably.
0: All right. So it is your we don't have Vegas Mike here. Do we have the Vegas? We don't have Vegas Mike, but we do have Vegas AU. All right. Vegas AU. Oh boy. I'm looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Game two, what do you think the line is at game two? So game, game one, the line closed at minus 10 and a half. Celtics minus 10 and a half.
1: Say minus eight and a half?
0: Wow. Do we, do we need Vegas night, Mike, at all? <laughs> it's minus nine. It is actually right, it is right. minus nine. And then the price to win the series. So this oh, is quite goodness. a jump. The Celtics before game one at DraftKings Sportsbook were minus 500. The Celtics now are minus 190. Now, they're still the (laughs) biggest favorite (laughs) in the playoffs right now, but but it cut it in half. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers use code RTRS. Make a $5 bet and score 150 bucks in bonus bets instantly. Plus everyone, even you, can get a no sweat, same game parlay. I, I tried a same game parlay today. Did not nail it, but I feel good about it anyway. I think the odds, I think it was like plus 2,000, whatever. Every day. During the NBA playoffs, open up the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, place the same game parlay on any NBA game. If you lose, they'll give you a bonus bet back in the amount of your initial bet up to 10 bucks. Download the app now, sign up with code RTRS. New customers make a $5 NBA bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code RTRS. Got to be 21. See show notes for details. Is it 18 or 21? 21. Most eligible states see show notes for details. I got to get that down straight. Sorry, drafting. Who do we talk about next? So, this was an interesting game because Harden was really good the entire time, essentially. But then there were like little stretches of someone coming through. I think most notably, DeAnthony Melton had a stretch in the first half where he hit I think four threes. And then in the third quarter, Tyrese Maxey like showed that burst and, and it was nice for him to have a good game, especially because he has struggled against Boston so much. I think he was averaging eight points a game coming into this against Boston this year or something like that. So I thought, I thought the contributions of those two guys and plus, and we'll throw this guy in there. We had a couple of um, uh, Tobias Harris <laughs> going, going to work Um you know give me the ball and go to town to bias hours. just i i but i thought specifically melton and and maxi had really important roles in big buckets when I mean, other teams shooting 70% you can't just have one guy scoring and those two guys were huge
1: yeah let's start by talking about melton because I, th- I don't think we mentioned him at all after game 4 in brooklyn he was great in that game too in the second half he he had like a, like 14 in the, the fourth quarter something like that hit a, a ton of big shots that kind of kept them in that game too and then helped them pull away and then yeah, we we probably lose this game. This game's probably over in the second quarter without Anthony Melton tonight. Like he hit I think four threes in that in that second quarter. Yeah. And not like like clean looks but not easy looks. Like looks where, you know, the defender was closing in on him. He was maybe tilting one way or the other. Like a, a lot of them in, in kind of quasi transition. And he was just knocking them down. And and that was he's like the one guy of, of our non-stars that I really had faith would show up in this series. You know he he showed up in most of the big games so far this in this regular season. Obviously, he's had some cold and hot stretches here and there, but he, he's a gamer, and you, you you trust him to show up in a game like this. And look, he didn't do much in the second half. Aside from me a couple of good defensive possessions here and there, but all we needed for him was that was that big scoring output in the second quarter, and we we, we got it from. Him. We really we really we really really needed it.
0: I'm sorry, I'm trying to tell trying to talk to CJ about how to give away the mortgage CS tickets. <laughs> I'm just instructing That's him right. in the right way. Oh, should Um, I
1: move move on to Tyrese in the meantime? No,
0: no, 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 no. Uh, Go ahead and do it. Uh, Melton was, throughout the year, there has been a great deal, some earned, some unearned, of Daryl Morey slander. You know, some earned, some unearned. Some fair, some unfair. The, The Anthony Melton pickup seems like a fever dream. You know, like you could give him credit for the, the Danny Green pickup was a good one, right? Danny Green was an important player on this team, but it was almost like, of course we get this guy when he's like three years away from retirement or whatever. We don't get the prime. Yeah, (laughs) we don't get the, we don't get the prime version of this guy. Getting DeAnthony Mountain at this point in his career for this specific team was, was Absolutely huge, and DeAnthe Mountain, both defensively and offensively, has been an enormous, enormous, enormous win, and that was a huge trade. I know we lost Mike's boat, David Roddy, in the trade, and I I can understand the pain with that. But Dianthus Mountain was a necessary trade, and it was a really good move for Maury, who has been sometimes rightly, sometimes wrongly criticized for his his move so far this year. You know, when you say sometimes wrongly, you think, "Wow, is Daniel Allhouse?" even on the team, like you think about that you're like, wow, we're paying him $6 million. That's pretty crazy. But yeah. the D Anthony mountain trade was great. Okay. On to Maxi.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, I, it's look, on you. I mean, t- kind of a frustrating night for Tyrese in a lot of ways. Like he, I think he was two of nine, two of 10 from three. And a lot of their shots looked like they were good until they, they just kind of rimmed out. Uh, so I, I think his, his final stat line probably isn't going to look as good as it felt in real time. But he kind of lifted us out of the mud in the second and third quarters, and he had a couple of those like super high kind of Steph Curry style layups at the rim that like that, that's definitely something that we haven't really seen from him before, at least haven't seen efficiently. W- wish he had a little bit more of that in between game, the the sort of, you know, pull up and, and turn around from, from 12 to 15 feet. That's still not really going for him. And you hope that more of the threes are going to drop as the series goes. But he made so many gutty plays, he made huge plays on defense, too. Like we didn't talk a lot about his defense in that Brooklyn series. It's not like a, a real top-of-mind thing. And he still gets burned on occasion, especially when he gets matched up against like a Tatum or a Brown. But he can hang much better than he could earlier in the season. And he makes plays. He he gets in passing lanes, he gets his hand on balls when, you know, on drives. And he he, obviously made the biggest defensive play of the game tonight, although (laughs) he kind of got thrown the ball there. It was about the easiest pick six you're going to get in the NBA. But, you know, he was there and he was opportunistic about it. And he he got us the go ahead bucket there. And he was he was he was unbelievable. Just just sort of hanging in fighting, you know, fighting against a team. that has been a really tough matchup for him all season. All of his career really is a really long team, really tough team for him to start to find the angles against. He came up big, and again, the, the the final shooting line probably won't reflect it, but it, we needed all those points tonight, and got got those free throws at the end, and he was huge.
0: Can I just say fuck the Boston Celtics and yes. they're horrible fans? You know, I know this is not related. Oh, and by the way, fuck Malcolm Brogdon for stealing the Rookie of the Year, and we never got revenge on you and that ridiculous pass, and then watching Maxi go to the other end was was revenge for that. So fuck you, fuck the Boston Celtics, and. I remember when I was dating my my wife early on. She she was a fan of the Iggy Celtics, the Iggy Alton Brand, Drew Holiday, Sixers,
1: uh,
0: the Iggy Sixers. Sixers, the Sixers. Yeah, this I'm not this, not the Celtics, the Sixers. That I'm I'm getting to that part. That team that ended up going to the conference semis. You know the uh, what's the movie, the Adam Sandler movie, Uncut Gems, the Uncut Gems team. Yeah. So if you'll remember, that Game Seven was Memorial Day weekend, and They, we push it to game seven and I tell her we're just dating at the time. We should drive to Boston on Memorial Day weekend. You know what she doesn't want to do? Drive to Boston Memorial Day weekend, but she did it. And we went up there and we very quietly sat in that arena and watched the Sixers lose. And these two disgusting Celtics fans started teasing me at the end. And my wife went up to fight them. She was going to fight those girls, was, was, was screaming right in their face. The Delco came out of her. And uh, ever since that day, I've wanted revenge on those two girls, and this game is revenge on those two Celtics yeah. fans.
1: I've heard this story like fifty times by now. By the way, I never really get sick of it, though.
0: Okay, all uh, right,
1: good. <laughs> is still, still got some juice, but yeah, look, yeah. look—we've never handed Boston a loss like this. We've never handed Boston—I mean, in this era, we've never handed them like an embarrassing loss, like a one that's just going to cause a fucking meltdown among their terrible fans. Like, they, like, can you imagine what it must be like on Celtics Twitter right now? I mean, it, it's it's. It's everything that they've ever feared in one game. And, you know, I, I don't know what this means for the series. It's probably not time to talk about that yet anyway. But, man, just to get a game like this. We won one game now, out of what nine tries it means? Tries I,
0: can, can, I, can I explain to you? I'm sorry for interrupting. I'll tell no, you what it, means for the, what it means for the series is the Sixers can win this series. Yes. Like, now it's reality. Now it's – I don't know if they will, but I can tell you that going into this series, as you said before, they just fucking needed this game. I mean, they needed one of the first two, but this one, they weren't,
1: they weren't getting game two. They had to get this one.
0: Yeah. They had to get this game and they can win the series now. Will they? I don't know if they will, but the, what, what this game means is the Sixers can win this series and, and they have bought themselves time and they've bought themselves a little bit of wiggle room with Embiid out. Now, like we will talk about the Embiid thing a little bit later. And and I, I got to be honest with you, the reporting on it, I'm just sick of and fucking tired. I wish they would just fucking say what it is. I, Shams tweeting that it's worse than a, a grade one sprain. What does that even mean? It's a brain teaser, yeah. We, yeah, it's, it's like, are you trying to trick me? Uh, but that's what it means. They can beat the Celtics. And the Celtics were the, most of the season were the title favorites. I believe before this series, they were the title favorites. And the Sixers have a chance to beat the title favorites. And for the first time in this era, go to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's not a done deal, but they have a chance and they needed this game. It was a huge win. Huge win. Huge win. James Harden, James Harden has like his mark in, in Sixers lore at this okay. point, you know, with this game.
1: We, we, we got to talk about B-ball. When are we going to yeah. talk about B-ball?
0: Yeah. Actually, before we talk about B-ball, let's uh, talk about Mortgage CS. We have tickets to game three. CJ, can you pop up for a second? So Alec and Ben texted me. They're like, hey, we got a couple of tickets for uh, game three. Can uh, can we give them away? Alec and Ben from Mortgage CS. So what are we doing, CJ? Yeah,
1: so I would share my screen, but Twitter is not working on desktop right now. So okay. I just tweeted it out. We got a tweet up. Okay. You like and retweet. You okay. give us a follow and you follow Mortgage CS and then you're entered. And we're going to pick a winner at random. Okay. An hour before tip off game two.
0: Ooh. Oh, our tip work about tip off of game 2. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. I was not, like, not boy, a boy what a challenge that is. <laughs> yeah. Not doing yeah. that. G- game okay. 2 will announce a random genera, a random tweet finder and then Okay. We'll get a winner. Okay, so go on to our Twitter, retweet or like it, retweet and like it. CJ, retweet and like and follow yeah. us and follow Mortgage CS. Yep. Love Mortgage CS, of course they sponsored live Ricky 5 the video presentation. I got a, a a video text from Ben for Mortgage CS the other day with a couple of uh, Mortgage CS Ricky people. I believe it was Matt and Gretchen just bought a house. AU, they looked so functional and normal and healthy. It was incredible. Functional, normal, healthy Ricky listeners going to Mortgage CS well, to get a mortgage. CS stands for concierge service. I'm going to boil this down for you for Mortgage CS, because you can Google mortgage, you see commercials for mortgage places. Mortgage CS is independent. They only care about you. They are honest, they're communicative, and they are responsive. That's all you need to know. They're going to tell you everything you need to know about the mortgage process, but they are a mortgage broker, not a lender. They're not the ones giving you the money they go to the different banks and find you the absolute best rate. And because they don't have any secret deals with any of these banks, their only responsibility is to you. You don't have to worry about them leading you in a direction that might benefit them a little more than it benefits you. And every person we send a Mortgage CS, every person says the same thing. Two ways. You go to MortgageCS.com slash Ricky and see the amazing little site they've set up for us. I'm very proud of that site. MortgageCS.com slash Ricky. Or... Call or text their CEO, Ben. Now, there's a couple thousand people watching live right now. If you were to text their CEO, CEO, Ben, right now, you might be able to freeze his phone or something. I don't want you to do that. But then you'd have Ben's number saved. You could say hello to him. Thank him for giving away the tickets. 267-391-7425. 267-391-7425. Another important thing about having mortgage CS is they're there for you whenever you need them. When you need a mortgage, you might need a pre-qualification letter like, you know, at night, on the weekends, they're always ready for you. Again, mortgagecs.com slash Reiki or call or text banner at 267 This advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity. Mortgage broker, all loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS 1464766. Visit mortgagecs.com slash Reiki for more information. Let's talk about B-ball, Paul.
1: That's right, let's do it.
0: <sighs> There's a lot of little moments from this game that I think are, that will go down in b Paul lore. And to be quite honest with you, I do have a little bit of urge to call it the b Paul game, even though it is clearly the James Harden game. The fact that he, I, I love the little relationship with B-Ball and Doc, to be quite honest with you. It's a little bit charming. It went from infuriating to a little bit charming. I, I I likened it on the last pod or two pods ago, whatever to the teacher in the teen movie who finally sees their fuck up student do something good. And he's always been on that student's ass and nods and smiles when the student really comes through at the end, does the great science project doc, leaving B ball in to struggle through that first fucking half. It was defensively. B ball was a disaster defensively. Now it wasn't just him. There were a lot of backdoor cuts. It wasn't like his, his fault that he wasn't just standing there, but it was not successful. He didn't do anything on offense, but he stuck with it and they stuck it with him. And I really think it was those two buckets at the end of the first half. that got his brain in it. Just, I think it was two little just pick and rolls with Harden, if I remember correctly. And, and I think they just got his head in it. And once he gets rolling, he's like, he's like a, a, of like a like a boulder or something. Like once B-Ball Paul starts rolling, once he starts getting fucking rebounds, once he starts defending smaller guys on the perimeter, once he starts catching the ball from Harden, what a game from B-Ball Paul. And B-ball. the fucking free throws, man. The fucking free throws. The first two he hits, don't even touch rim. But then with what, five seconds left or whatever it is, four yeah, seconds four, left four or four three seconds left, the Sixers are up to and B-Ball Paul has a chance to hit two free throws and ice the fucking game in Boston (laughs) against the Celtics, and he doesn't even
3: hit
1: rim! What a guy. What what, what a human being. And look, did did you see how many minutes B-Ball Paul played in the first three quarters of this game? 36 total minutes possible? How many minutes Paul played? Oh, no. How many? 30? 33! Wow. 33 out of 36, game one, second round in fucking Boston. Paul Reed getting 33 of the first 36 minutes, and he earned them. True, bad first half. Got rolling on those two pick-and-roll buckets that you mentioned. And that's the greatest thing about Paul Reed is that that's all it takes. It All it takes is one positive play, and he is off. And it's not just the scoring. It's the rebounding. It's the switching. It's the getting hands on balls, getting after loose balls. Just anything you could possibly want from a backup center. Now we can say anything, almost say anything you want from a from a starting center. It's like it's almost Kevon Looney esque. I mean that that guy was one of the most important players in that Warriors series. B-ball Paul is probably our third, second, or third most important player tonight. Like he is legitimately a great basketball player. We don't <laughs> win this game without him. We don't. We're not even in this game without him. The sellers are still scoring at the fucking rim right now. If we if B-ball Paul isn't there,
0: as uh, he, as Zo says, Daryl, the price has gone up for oh, B-ball up. Paul. Oh my goodness.
1: I don't I don't even want to think about that. Three years so,
0: 60 million.
1: But you, you talk about those free throws. We got to talk about the thing that led to two of those free throws, which is James Harden getting double teamed like 30 feet away from the basket. Most crucial possession of the game. He fucking passes it to B ball. Wide open runway, gets to the basket, gets fouled. Kind of hoped he was gonna finish that for an and one, but whatever. He gets the free throws. But B Paul Paul getting like the most important look of the game from the guy who just wouldn't pass in the ball like two months ago, maybe like four weeks ago. Just a, a guy was persona non grata in the half court. as far as James Harden is concerned. Now he's trusting him in the most important possessions of the game. A, unbelievable performance. And you knew it was coming. You knew if Doc could just stick with him for long enough. He was going to have that breakthrough moment and it was just going to get better and better from there. And yeah, yeah he's got that, that's that, that boulder in him. I don't know. He, he, he starts rolling. Look out. Unbelievable. B ball, Paul, what a guy.
0: His name is literally the name of the sport.
1: I mean, that, that's what it is. And, and another thing, no foul trouble. No foul trouble None. at all. I, I don't know what he ended up with, maybe four?
0: Well, he didn't but... defend one shot at the rim in the first half, which I think <laughs> Well, that was... was
1: smart game management by B-Ball Paul. Well done, B-Ball. Keep yourself in the game. Live to fight another day. Good fucking show. <sighs> Unbelievable.
0: Oh. You know, if he keeps playing like this, he's going to have no choice but to charge for shipping. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the price has gone up in more than one area. Here, yeah. Sure, yeah, we
0: actually we got a, a funny email that I don't think B ball is sending out the hoodies anymore. I believe it is coming from his mom in Michelle Reed in Orlando, Florida. We got an email from Dan saying that the 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 price has <laughs> gone up to such a level that he's needed to start employing family members or something. So, well,
1: shouts to her too. She's 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 on the next shirt.
0: Uh. Isn't it the weirdest thing that zone defense seems to flummox every NBA team?
1: Yeah, uh, it, it's it, you think it's only the Sixers because it never because it, it always works against us, and then you you realize that no other team does that much better against it. I mean, I, I do think you play it long enough, and eventually they figure it out. Mm-hmm. It's 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 like, it's like it's like playing with a new coach or like you're you're missing your top guy. It's just a different look. And no one really expects it for whatever reason at any point. Uh, and it, it, it'll work really well for like four to six minutes of game action. And then you better have another backup plan. But yeah, to change the game tonight, certainly a uh, couple times.
0: Tobias had a couple of nice buckets, was pretty brutal defensively in the first half, but did have a couple of nice buckets. I think he's, he is, when they don't have Embiid, he is like actually kind of crucial because you need him for like six to eight possessions where he goes and gets you a bucket. And the one where he like ran in circles with Horford in the middle (laughs) of the lane, somehow, (laughs) somehow stretching three and a half seconds of shot clock into nine seconds. There's, I don't know how he, he ran so many times in circles there to do that. Shout out Anna Horford, Al Horford's wife. That was a big bucket from Tobias Harris.
1: Yeah, uh, and that was, like, the classic, like, you know, he still has the ball in his hands, the shot clock goes off, and, and, like, we're just going back on defense wondering what the fuck happened. He also hit, like, a couple really, really clutch. Big threes. Uh, Catch and threes, yeah, yeah. That one at the end of the first half was really big, uh, and then that, that one I previously mentioned off the uh, the airlifted Harden, you know, kick out to to the top of the arc. Really huge uh, and, and did kind of hang with Tatum. I think on a couple of really big possessions in the second half defensively, you know, no, nobody really played great on defense tonight, probably on either side, but I would say he, he's probably, you know, he's on the better end of the Sixers in, in this one.
0: And I, I think I would be remiss if I did not mention that this game changed. In the first possession, this, this, of the this is in my half. notes,
1: by the way. I, I I I put it down there immediately. I, I, I was wondering if we we're going to get to it at all, but yeah. <laughs>
0: the first possession of the second half, where PJ Tucker announces his arrival to the basketball game, steals it, and then I think gets an offensive rebound right on, on the next on the shot on that possession. The guy just does the little things. He's a winner. They win another game where he scores zero points. He affects the game. He's tough. It it is impossible, impossible to ignore the fact that they show more resolve this year with PJ Tucker on the team than they ever have in the entire process. Here or without PJ Tucker on the
1: team. So I I want to talk a little bit about the bench and sort of Doxy usage of it because it was kind of a weird game from that perspective. Like he didn't really seem to trust Jalen McDaniels did seem to trust George and Yang for no clear reason that I could tell. And I thought this was a really obvious game for shake to get some minutes and he never saw the floor at all. No, he's, so, he's
0: buried. He's buried. What,
1: what, what do you think's going on there? And then like, like what, what do we even like, do you just kind of play six guys and you steal minutes here and there? And, and I just and hope they,
0: I just, I think he's at this point, he's got the guys that he can trust to be where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there. It's and a lot of guys
1: I, though, especially without Embiid.
0: Well, it's, but it's, he's he played eight guys tonight right and he normally plays nine and and that he didn't have MB i just don't think he trusts those other guys look niang there will be a game where the it, it actually reminded me of the 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 heat knicks game i'm watching the last five minutes of the heat knicks game and like jimmy butler can barely walk and the knicks are are almost like ignoring that he's out there. Like you go at him every single time. There will be a game when George Niang's out there and they will go at him every time and they'll have to pull him out. But I think Doc just trusts him. And when the other team's shooting 70%, I feel like you probably have a better shot of trying to like score with them than stop them because it's not like they have stoppers anywhere on the bench. So he just trusts Niang.
1: I, I guess. I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I was the biggest anti-House guy two-thirds of the way through the season, but I'm not sure what Doc saw in the last third of the season that makes him trust Niang more than House. I, I I don't get that at all. Wouldn't you uh, trust
0: Niang to hit a big shot more than you trust House to hit a big shot? Niang's fearless. Maybe,
1: maybe but not, not by like a, a large margin at this point. Yeah. It's been a long time since we've had, we since that Milwaukee game where he hit like five of them, I can't remember like a spotlight Niang performance. And that was like two months ago at this point. But
0: and by I, the way, I've been the one since Niang got here to say that I I don't think he can play in the playoffs, right. but I'm just trying to figure out why. I think just at this point, Doc has the guys that he's gonna he's going to yeah. trust.
1: Well, it's, it's like you say, it's going to hurt us in, in one game in this series. But look, we we got this one. That, yep. that, that, it's, 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 who even who even cares about the rest of the series at this point? I cannot believe they won this game, even though I knew they would.
0: So, so it it seems only fitting in a um, in in a celebratory but tragic way that J, that Joel Embiid will win the MVP on Tuesday night. The day after the Sixers might have their biggest playoff win, one of the biggest playoff wins of the process era, which he didn't play in because he was injured. A couple of headlines on this. First of all, I'm over the guessing and the reporting and the... The I know every reporter is trying to do their job. We even talked to, we even read quotes from the Kyle Newbeck article talking to a doctor about what a, it's nice to know what an LCL sprain is, but the guessing as to when he'll be ready, it's just, and the reporting on it from everybody, from the leaks to the guessing to everything, it's just fucking dumb. If he is healed enough, he'll play and the team should be a little bit. A little bit more clear about what everything is, especially if they're gonna leak stuff. Why is Shem saying it's worse than a grade one sprain when there's clearly three grades? Just say whatever the fuck it is? All of it, and by the way, it's not like I need to know. I don't need to know. i just I just selfishly want everybody to stop talking about it because I don't think it's compelling. I don't think it's it's interesting to debate. I don't think it gets us anywhere. I think it's just fucking dumb. and And the other thing I would say, is that if you expected him to play in this game, knowing everything that we know about Joel, and then everything that we know about this specific injury, deciding that you believe it is the least severe and he would come back at the shortest end of the least severe um, diagnosis is like crazy. Mm -hmm. And, And this is, a knee sprain is just what kept Paul George out for five weeks. You know, um, this is a, a four to six week injury. So I hope he's able to come back. He will come back if he can. It's a, sh- it's fucking awful that it happened. It's awful that like this series is now marred by that, but I just, I can't, I can't take the constant talk about it anymore. It's just so boring to me.
1: Yeah, you're right. But I still disagree with you. Uh, like uh, objectively speaking, like you're right. It's nonsense. I need those like little morsels of updates, even though if there's nothing, it's like, you know what? Like you text, like your an old friend or, or a relative or something, and like you don't hear back from them for a while, for, and like you can't figure out why, and you start to just assume that they're mad at you, even though there's no real evidence to that. Like, that's what it's like not getting an MBE update. It's like the longer we go without hearing anything, the more my brain just starts to fill in the worst possible scenarios. And like, I I just need like, it's fine. Like, give me an update that's half positive and half negative. And like, they're optimistic, but they also think he's not going to play until game three. Like, like, like whatever, like give me, give me any little bit of ridiculousness there and I'll I'll, I'll eat it up. I I think most of us probably will just because what else can we do? We can't do anything. He's hurt and it sucks. And uh, we just, we just have to read like whatever little signs we get and interpret it in the best way we possibly can but you're right it's nonsense but uh, we don't have any better options right now because it's is the shitty situation
0: yeah i I guess it's like I just i I don't know what to do with any of the information
1: I just cast yeah, so it all nothing,
0: aside yeah, to do. Yeah. yeah big barker therapeutic dog beds I'm gonna be honest my dog rebel is the love of my life I love that fucking dog I love that dog I got rebel I got rebel here you see this guy can you ever see this one? Got rebel here. We're got good. rebel here. I love my dog. You love your dog too. Your job as a dog owner is to give your dog the best life possible. Think of all the love your dog gives you, all the happiness and joy your dog gives you. If you don't have that dog sleeping on the best possible bed, the most, the, do- the bed that keeps your dog the healthiest, you're fucking up dog ownership. You're just fucking it up. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. You go there, you not only get the Big Barker dog bed, which is the best dog bed on the market, the only dog bed proven by PenVet to improve your dog's health. Joint stiffness down, quality of life up, pain severity down. You not only get that, but you get two processed pup patches and you you earn the right to send us a photo of your amazing pup on the Big Barker dog bed and we put them in the process pub gallery. Rebel sleeps on a Big Barker, has for a number a number of years now. And I am proud that we have Big Barker as a sponsor. All you need to do is look at the pictures and you can see the difference between Big Barker and every other dog bed. Every other dog bed is a pillow. Big Barker is a real mattress, real mattress. Big Barker Jr. for tiny dogs, up to the XL Big Barker, headrest, no headrest, all different colors. 10 year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten, or they replace it for free. One year at home trial. If you don't like it, or your dog does not approve, they will give you a full refund and pay for shipping. Handmade in the USA. Big Barker dog nets <laughs> So, what do you think? Do you just to wrap up the Embiid thing? <laughs> as I say, all the speculation is dumb. When do you think? Do you think he uh, comes think- back for two, three, what?
1: Uh, I, I, at this point, I'm kind of hoping it's three. Like, I, I don't think that there's much of a chance of them winning both games in Boston. Great if they did, obviously. Uh, I would rather we, we got the one. I would rather see and be back in Philly, this time with one, not, one, not having to crawl out of the O2 hole. I think that, but look, I, I just, yeah, we, I just don't fucking know. Like, it, you know, I, we were tweeting about this earlier and, you say, like, well, is you know, I I'm doing my like I'd rather have him at five games 90% than seven games at 60%. And you say, Well, how do you know he's gonna be at 90% again by the time the game three starts? And I don't know. Uh it doesn't seem like anybody really knows. Uh, but it does seem like he'll be a little bit better. I I just think you gotta you got you gotta take it a little bit conservative with the guy. And just and it's a, it'll be a you know, best of five series. you you like your chances with 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 the home games. I I just don't, I don't, I don't see any much of a good outcome coming out of him playing in game two. I think it just, it's just a frustrating loss. And maybe I the one good thing about that is that maybe you just kind of get that out of his system and you kind of give him a chance to get acclimated to playing with his new body in a game. that They're probably not going to win anyway and hope that that makes him more effective when they comes back home. But I'm not necessarily hoping that he plays in that game. I I think I'd rather see him in game three.
0: I have to give credit to the Ricky's Mike O'Connor. Who has been
1: way, love, love Michael Connor? Like I, I sometimes I feel like I can't feel worse about the team. And then I, and then I read a Michael Connor <laughs> album about like, no, this is like why they're actually like really screwed. Like, <laughs> yeah, that probably makes sense. It, it's it's tough, but it's true.
0: But all that privately, Michael Connor has been they're beating Boston the entire time. Uh really? it, he said today, even when I told him the I told him, Look, earlier today, we we may have gotten a little info that we were, we were pretty sure that Embiid was not playing tonight. And I was like, Hey, Embiid's not playing. He's like, um, he complained about the injury, but then he was like, I don't care. The Celtics are, this is Michael. I'm, I'm sorry, Mike, I'm sharing your text messages. The Celtics are soft losers. Tatum has a Kobe fetish. Jalen Brown thinks the Mayans invented basketball. Al Horford committed basketball terrorism in Philadelphia and uh, cannot go unpunished by the email.
1: I love salty MOC. It's one of my favorite <laughs> brands of MOC. And by the way, MOC, absolute legend. Love his stuff totally. always. I, I, yep. I complain about him being negative, but I'm I'm just as bad. And he's the he's the greatest. The
0: hard to stomach YouTube comment of the week comes from Justin. Justin says, so excited to be on the pod for a relationship advice segment. Then immediately gives the worst take ever. Your primary care physician doesn't even need to be consistent. They have charts for all that shit, and those folks are interchangeable. You can even go get a second opinion if you want. Ain't nobody got a chart on your hair and beard. There's a huge level of trust needed there, and there's nothing another barber can do after a bad one's maimed your head and face. AU, we got a lot of feedback, emails, as well as voicemails. Maybe I'll play some of the voicemails from you about your barber take. To catch everyone up, we got an email essentially saying that somebody had a regular barber. They switched to another regular barber when the first regular barber doesn't spend as much time at home. and was thinking about cheating on the new barber with the old barber and not telling the new barber, to which I said, was unacceptable. You have to be honest about it. Barber is very important. Barber, barber, barber. And you're like, I just go to whoever's open.
1: By the way, like the second I saw your facial reaction to like my first, my like lead sentence of that answer, I was like, oh, fuck, this is gonna be like way more of a thing than I thought it was gonna be. Like, I really did not think I was getting that deep with this. I thought I would get like an eye roll. Oh, hey, you. He's So whatever. Uh, I did not anticipate the the seismic reaction to this. Yeah,
0: it was really, really big. Um, you know, we, we got a bunch of voicemails to 833 Lickface. Hey,
2: guys, just at work. That's Nick from Australia here again. Just uh, heard AU's take on the barber thing. And uh, I've got to say, that's one of the most messed up things I've ever heard. I mean, I'm Australian. We do some weird things. But this guy just going, yeah, just go to whatever barber. I've got several barbers. I'm just going to like go to whichever one might be open and walk in and just go yeah, do whatever to my head. You know this better than me. <laughs> that's just stupid. That's like if I went into a cafe, and they say, "Oh, what would you like to order?" and I say, "Oh, I don't know, man. You, you know, you know, coffee better than me. You just this is I a movie I I chocolate." They say this by the way. But they spin a little thing around, and then they decide, "Oh, you're based on this thing. You know, I know what chocolate you're gonna like." No, this is a situation where you go in and you say, "Cut my hair like this," and they say, "Okay," and then you give them some stupid amount of money afterwards for cutting your hair off. It's ridiculous. Other than that, AU's actually been pretty awesome on the pod. Uh, keep Mike banned. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's clearly a psychopath. But just got a little bit further in the podcast, and now CJ's on there going, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I think, yeah, you first available, blah, 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 blah. What the heck? This is a guy who almost just got fired and was lucky. He escaped by the skin of his teeth. Because you guys got over the ten thousand mark just recently, and he comes on here with this all-time bad take. I don't know. I think um, it's clearly the wrong decision. You should have made a twelve thousand. That guy needs to go. Wow.
0: Um, poor CJ you know, man. Just yeah, poor CJ. Uh, wait, here we go. Hold on.
3: AU yeah, yeah. hey, needs to be banned. Uh, I just paused the podcast to make this call during relationship advice. His take. On barbers, while wildly unsurprising, somehow I knew this was going to be his take, is unfathomable. I just don't know what to say. The idea that you could just go to a random barber that you don't know, a different one every time, because one of them is open, that's ridiculous. I, I live in Lancaster County. My, my neighbors are freaking Mennonite, there's cornfields everywhere. I still managed to find an actual barber shop near me. With a guy, Curtis, who's from Philly, and he's awesome. He does a great job with my hair. He has an 18-month-old daughter, right between the ages of my son and my daughter. And we talk about basketball. We talk about football. We talk about our kids. We know each other's names. I, I don't even go to the same barbershop for a different guy if he's not there. When he's not around, I can't get my hair cut. That's just how it works. <laughs> AU, band. Band. <laughs> Craig from again again. Uh, CJ, what the hell? I should have listened more on podcasts for my last call. CJ, uh, Russian roulette with a barber. Mm, just load the gun the rest of the way. Just do it. The Russian roulette thing may have been a bit of a violent metaphor on my part. Um, so CJ, I, I just meant the haircut. I, you don't, uh, I don't want you to die. Um, but you should be fired. Anyway, love the pod.
0: And and they just kept. I wonder how yeah, long yeah. Uh, hey guys, we, get, we got. We got. I think we got seventeen. Uh, like seventeen. Ban aus. Yeah, I could play them on while wow. if you want me to. So no, that's
1: okay. Thanks. I, I appreciate the offer. But look, first we off, get
0: several oh. emails. Do you have any, any, any thing okay. to say for yourself?
1: Well, first off, thanks again to CJ for jumping in on my defense. I'm sorry that apparently mm-hmm. has cost you dearly uh, in the estimation of some of these some of these uh, listeners or whatever. So look. The take is the take. Obviously, I didn't anticipate it being so inflammatory, but I couldn't walk it back to this point if I wanted to. Yeah, It is generally how I feel about haircuts. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Uh, what I did get wrong, and what I do actually sort of want to apologize for, is implying that it's a take that anyone else in the world should necessarily have. It's my feeling, and I did hear from plenty of people who actually did agree with me, and I do appreciate that. Uh, but I also heard, as you certainly have, that you know a lot of people didn't agree with that, and I don't want to don't want to deny the, the validity of these people's relationships with their own barbers i know that for a lot of people the barbershop is sacred it's, you know particularly plays a very large role in a lot of black communities I respect that it's not unfamiliar to me it's stupid to me to act like it was no you should, okay. that's Look, okay. keep, let me keep going i just, uh, what i did, what i should have said is that i personally just can't relate to any of it I hate getting my hair cut. I always have. It's a a stressful, emotionally trying experience for me. I have a weird relationship with my hair that I've had for several decades now. You know, it it used to be long and beautiful. Now it's thin and short and terrible. I hated getting it cut then. I hate getting it cut now. Uh, And going to the barber for me, it's it's really like going to the dentist. It's like a very distinctly unpleasant experience, just looking to get through it as quickly and painlessly as possible. I'm clenching my teeth basically the entire time. It's not a knock on any of the barbers I've had who are generally very nice people, very professional people. Try to tip them well. but. And, and it's also not a, a common against anybody who does get like a joy or or satisfaction or any kind of like, connection through their haircut or the barbershop experience in general. So it's never gonna be
0: wow. A and, statement. You've you've so, really ended this entire topic by making such an emotional statement. But about look,
1: it. look, I'm still going here. So just <laughs> let, let me finish. All right. Okay. Uh, look. So I'm I'm not judging anybody for their personal feelings on this matter. Uh people want to get their hair cut more often than I do, more than you know, once every couple months. I respect that. You probably should.
2: But I just ask, you know,
1: to hopefully not be judged too harshly for my own personal feelings on the matter. Want to keep the relationship, you know, polite and formal business exchange. It's all I'm willing to sign up for, really. Uh, and just for the record, I do still think it's kind of insane uh, for your spouses, like if your spouse would, like challenge your fidelity by like trying to get you to cheat on their barber as like a relationship stress test. If, if that is actually what that woman was, I don't, asking, I don't maybe think that not
0: No, I don't think I got a follow up email. I don't, I don't think that's what he was just being. Funny. All right.
1: Because yeah. that's just strange. If, that, if that's the case, that's just that's just weird. You can't convince me otherwise on that. But uh, no. to anybody else, uh, the guy who asked the question, do apologize for being dismissive, Make it seem like his opinion everyone should have. It's just me. I'm just weird about hair stuff. I say, you know, love your barber, be faithful to your barber, invite I, them to your wedding. <laughs> it's all, all good by me.
0: Okay. Writes to Ricky. Wow. What a, a statement from AU. Writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. This came from Alex. Hi, Spike. Mike and CJ, even though Mike is banned, after years of introspection, I think I'm now comfortable with my bar for success of this team. And that is valiance in round two. My deep existential crises with this team have not come from losing. They've come from losing embarrassingly from star players, checking out and shrinking from the moment. My investment in this team throughout the regular season can only be paid off by valiance in this round two. I would love for us to win, but I need us to fight. Whoever is the leader on this team needs to shake the fucking foundation right now. What is your actual bar for success this year? Thank you for being there.
1: So, can you repeat the first part of that question? I'm still reeling from the... Uh, he <laughs> from he
0: the
1: just wants to know here.
0: what your real bar for success is. He for says that... His, his, yes, for this year, he says that his bar for success is a valiant fight in round two, which I understand, but still seems like... a loser mentality to
1: me yeah the, the bar for success is winning round two and it sucks yeah. that they probably you know the, the, the odds are against them and shit stacked against them and whatever uh i wish that there was some lower bar that would be clearable and still feel okay but it's just not the case and they gotta they gotta win this, this series and now at least they have a chance which is better than we than a lot of people thought we were gonna have but uh yeah like the, the, there's no there's no moral victories here unfortunately you don't you don't get to say oh we tried hard they you know, they, you know everyone you know did their best stayed healthy it's, it's, it's win, win second round or, or, or we're done. Got to do something else.
0: This comes from Dan Spike AU and CJ. Good evening. After game one, I purchased an out the mud hoodie from local entrepreneur B Ball Paul Reed, and would like to report on my experience. One during the third quarter of the first B Ball Paul game of the postseason, I DM Paul. He replied exactly twenty one hours later. Two. In Keith 91111 Pompeii's January article on Paul's business, he affirmed the business was booming. Medium hoodies and green were sold out. I am here to report the colors blue, purple, green, red, and pink are all sold out in medium. That's right. The only color available for the average frame is black. No word on when this supply chain issue will be resolved or if Paul is purposely holding back these colors to create more demand. Three, on Wednesday, B-Ball Paul sent me tracking. And upon checking, I found the package was already outside my door. The return address on the package was a Michelle Reed of Orlando, Florida, who appears to be the mother of B-ball Paul. And so I asked, basketball question, 0.5 over under the Anthony Mountain game started by in the Celtics series. And non-basketball question: Does B-ball paul pay his mother to ship his hoodies or does she do this as a favor to her as her to her son for free? We'll do the non-basketball first. I think she's in on the business and she gets a cut of the profit.
1: Yeah, she gets a percentage for sure. I, I don't think he's like playing or like an hourly rage, like <laughs> have her fill out a, a W-2 or whatever. But uh yeah, she's she's definitely getting something out of the deal. I, I would hope so. Anyway, B, B- ball paul's a, a giving soul and he wouldn't want to, you know, leave his mother, you know, working for nothing there. Do you think DeAnthony
0: other- Melton will start a game in the Celtics series? Sixers Adam was theorizing this, that that he you could see a PJ Tucker at five, DeAnthony Melton. Game rather than uh I, you're gonna have to stop it
1: well but wh- why would you in this series like I mean, we, we, we've seen now b-ball paul def- i mean he he was a plus i don't know something for the game i, I, I don't know why you would go away from b-ball paul at this point once mb comes back it's a moot point anyway uh i I don't, I don't i don't i don't see much chance of that happening just because doc is pretty stayed with his with his lineups when he when he gets locked into him, he doesn't really deviate from him very often but yeah, I mean, I would take a, I would take one D Anthony Milton over PJ Tucker game, sure, if, if, if that happened. If we can go the three guard lineup and do the three of them and and Toby and, and Joe once he's back. But I, I definitely don't want, I, I don't want PJ Tucker starting at the five at any, at any point in the series. I'd rather him not play at the five at all if, if it was possible.
0: Eight three three Lickface face is the voicemail number. Hi Spike
1: and uh, I guess whoever is sitting in for Mike today because. I know he's banned from game one, but my name is Jackie, and I'm just calling because
3: I saw yesterday when the Sixers tweeted out their pictures of them, you know, boarding the plane and packing up, getting ready to go.
1: James Harden was wearing his expensive pain hoodie, which is the same hoodie that he wore to the Eagles' home opener last season, where they proceeded to on the minnesota vikings 24 to 7
3: unfortunately that does mean Sixers and six so just wanted to share that let's go
0: the hoodie appears to be good luck let's go what
1: else is there to say really
0: any any comments on james harden's outfit into the game
1: tonight i think he i think he was salty that he didn't get to go to the met gala like all celebrities really no matter what whether they're sports or music or movies or whatever all they really want to do is go to this fucking met gala I, I shouldn't say so much. I don't want to get locked into another take here. Whatever. <laughs> the Met Gala, if, if you love the Met Gala, go nuts. Uh, clearly, James Harden was 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 feeling left out, and he wanted to kind of get a couple headlines for himself. Did you see J.R. Smith's uh, tweet about James Harden's outfit?
0: Yeah, that he's like the worst-dressed rich guy he knows yeah. or something.
1: Yeah, like the phrasing was even funnier than that. It was like the worst-dressed richest person, something like that. I don't yeah. know what it was exactly. It was a very good J.R. Smith tweet. Um.
0: And I actually, we're going to add, end on this question because I have a, I believe what might be a a shocking admission after this. From Chris. Hey, Spike, writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Spike, hey, Spike, CJ, whoever's filling in for Mike and Mike in in abstention. I wanted to weigh in on the barber debate from the last pod. Spike's argument was that the guy should go to the barber who is available year round even though his barber is slightly worse than the barber who's available half the year. What Spike argue, Spike's argument basically boils down to is that for barbers, availability is the best ability, not actual barber ability. That leads me to my non-basketball question. Would you rather have the Kevon Looney of barbers available all year and does a good but not incredible job or the Joel Embiid of barbers for half the year available for less time, but when they're available, they're the best at what they do? Spike, does this expose you that you have secretly been team availability is the best ability the whole time? It's a fair question. I'll be honest with you. Availability is a very good ability. <laughs> and I was thinking about it going into a game tonight as Joel Embiid was not available. And I was thinking to myself, fuck, fuck. We have another series where this fucking guy is not available. I love him. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, saying, I'm not saying this fucking guy. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, I've had this sneaky suspicion the entire time that availability is at least in the conversation for being the best ability. I what? don't disagree. I would rather have. I'm going to be honest with you. For haircuts, I don't know if this is for every situation. I would rather have the Kavan Looney of barbers than the Joel Embiid of barbers. Right. Well,
1: I'm not, I'm not going to weigh in on this one. Obviously, I'll, I'll let Mike <laughs> take this if and when he's ever unbanned. He, he'll have opinions about your availability. Opinions. Let me ask you though: Was there any like pushback at all to your "women be lion" take from the last podcast? Oh,
0: are you just mad that you got all this hate and I didn't get canceled just because I said that, women that, that be lion?
1: That was a very bad like 80s stand-up routine that you were dipping into there. I, I, I'm, no. I'm surprised.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I made a joke at the expense of when I'm so just sorry. You. I'm so sorry. Please uh, don't cancel me. No. That's all
1: right. I I'm gonna to have to answer questions about barbers for the rest of my life. I did so, not I get that on that one.
0: Do do not do not um You know, just because you have a lot of pressure on you doesn't mean you got to start shooting guns at everybody else. I got, I got no, I got, and I will repeat this. I got no pushback. The reason his wife thinks it's okay to cheat on the barber is because women be lying. They lie. They're just, they're more okay with it. She, She just... It's deceptive. She seems no problem with it. It says something, maybe not about her. I'm just, that's the truth. I did that's not get any we, we, we,
1: we got Abby in the comments saying women do be lying. So I guess it must be true in that case.
0: Women be lying. That's all you I'm saying. Lying. All right, fair enough. I be lying. All right. What a win. What a win. Uh, I thank everyone for watching, listening with us. If you're watching on YouTube, please remember to subscribe. We would love to get to 11,000 YouTube subscribers by the end of the playoffs. And I would like to dedicate this episode of the podcast to Al Horford's wife, Anna Horford, who once appeared on the Ricky and is a huge Celtics fan. I'm sure she's going through it tonight. Al Horford's wife, Anna. (sighs) What a
1: win! What a win. You knew it was coming. I did know it was coming. I, I will send a text to you later to, to to prove as much. But yeah, uh, it, look, this this was this was the shot, and it, I, I I don't know if you could say the series would be over if they didn't get it done tonight. But do you think close. they're going
0: to win the series? No.
1: Oh boy, I I, I still can't quite get there. But it, look, it's a chance. We'll see how Embiid looks in Game Two or Three, and hopefully we we'll see him sooner than later. And look, man, it's like like you said. It's a real series now. Like, like now they can win this series. They can go to the conference finals. They can do the thing that they haven't done. This is already, like, un, uncharted waters for the Sixers. Like, winning a game one. We didn't talk about this. First time since 1986. They won oh, game yeah. one in the second round. Yeah, like, this. this is all very, very new for the process era. And it feels fucking good, man. I like it. I'm into it.
0: I like this winning thing. I like this winning thing. I can't, you know, the last thing, last thing. Then we'll go. I'm sorry, CJ. Sorry, Uh, AU. I'm sorry, me, who has to go to bed. Can't believe it's Monday. Fucking wired. I can't believe Harden hit that three at the end. That's the one I didn't think he was hitting. That's the one I didn't think he was hitting. I didn't think he was hitting that. I'm being honest. I didn't think that one was going in. I thought that was a a miss.
1: Bigger shot between that and the Embiid three in overtime in game three of the Raptor series last year
0: oh the, the mb3 just because he's mb yeah, and it's a game winner personally yeah as a game winner Oh,
1: so was this the, the hard one I, I mean well yeah this,
0: there were still shots after this though
1: they it's had a shot close. yeah they, 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 and the, this was
0: a big shot the mb1 felt like a true like yeah. game winner i guess i guess i would say yeah that's fair all right we will talk to you
1: next time uh, oh, AU, uh, hey uh, what, what are you supposed to say now? Uh, greater than grade one LCL sprains. Uh, get off my gold. If and don't CJ, don't are me. you down with then TTP?
0: With you. Yeah, you know like face. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then won't, I won't fuck
1: with you. you. If you don't fuck with me,
2: then, then I, won't I won't fuck, fuck you. with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you!